rotten motherfucker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mostly Harmless Podcast. I'm your host, Damon Damien. All right, buddies. All right, boys and girls. And all right to my mom, who's probably out there listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Boy, do we have a killer episode for you. Because this week we're sitting down and uh, we're talking to probably my new favorite punk rock singer-songwriter. And even just throwing in that word, punk rock, kind of adds a connotation to it that's not quite correct. Welcome to your favorite singer-songwriter, who just happened to used to be a punk rocker. Um, Matt Good, a.k.a. Northcote from uh, Canada. We sit down we chat with him at the Marquee Theater in Denver, Colorado. Matt is currently on tour right now with Dave Haas, who is also an incredible singer-songwriter. And I can't believe that Dave Haas brought this guy on tour with him and let him open up night after night after night because, whoa, this guy is incredible. And not only that, he's a really just genuine, nice, sweet kind dude and uh, i gotta apologize to matt buddies i i partied way too hard this weekend so i'm super hungover trying to do this interview my brain is completely fried but luckily for me matt delivers the goods for a guy who describes himself as kind of shy and awkward man that guy can talk and he knew where we were going and knew what we were doing and he delivered the goods while i uh screwed things up as usual but hey that's why it's called mostly harmless damn it damien it's because i screw everything up buddies okay not everything but uh (laughs) what I'm really excited, though, to bring you Northcote and deliver you these songs, and hopefully you'll check him out. He's kind of like the French-Canadian Chuck Reagan. He has a very similar voice to Chuck. Um, Not as gruff, not as... I don't know. We're going to play a song here in a minute, and you can find out for yourself. But uh, first, got to thank my good buddies over at Death Wish Coffee for uh, supplying me with the caffeine to keep me going, uh, because, boy, do I need it after this last weekend. Got to see Propagandi, the Platliners, Dave Haas, Northcote, the Hotelier... Uh, tonight we're going to go see the slow death. Man, the week before South by Southwest really does try to kill a man like myself. So thanks to Death Wish Copy. Um, emailed them a few weeks back, said, hey, I love your brew. And they're like, hey, we love your show. And they've been uh, hooking me up ever since. So let me just read you this little warning, this disclaimer on the back of the bag. Warning, world's strongest coffee. Our beans are carefully selected and roasted to provide the most highly caffeinated, bold coffee available. We take pride in knowing our coffee has no artificial additives and is both organically grown and fair trade. Our caffeine content is intense and may result in sleepless nights, energetic mornings, and productive days. Some may say coffee this strong is irresponsible. We'd like to think of it as revolutionary. Deathwishcoffee.com So thanks again to Deathwish Coffee for hooking a brother up and keeping me over-caffeinated. I don't know what I'm going to do now because I drink a pot of coffee a day and I've slowly accumulated... Um, well, okay, maybe not. I've slowly gotten used to the high, high, high caffeine content. And, uh, and buddies, I don't know what I'm going to do. Can you start mainlining coffee? Can you? I don't know. Is that a thing? I don't know. I know I got some medical friends out there. Can you teach me how to get even more over-caffeinated? Please. All right, buddies. So we're going to go ahead and open up uh, this interview with Matt Good, a.k.a. Northcote, with uh, one of my favorite songs off his new record, uh, it's self-titled record, Northcote. It's out right now in the States on our friend Black Numbers record label. Um, this song is called Hope the Good Things Never Die. And thanks again to Matt for being such a pro while I was being such a, um, well, hungover asshole. So, all right, buddies. This is Hope the Good Things Never Die. There's a yellow sky out tonight Hanging over our strange new town Try not to take it in a bad way If life ever gets you down 
From your first kiss to your first fight Or the first time you ran for your life Now you're boasting and bragging You'll be back again And nothing will be out of line Marquee Theater in Denver. I'm hanging out with Matt. Matt Good? Matt Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's with you, though. That's right. Yeah. How often does that get mispronounced? Uh, every time. Every single time? No, no sweat. <laughs> All right. Uh, AKA Northcote. Is that That's how it right. said? That, yeah. that one I got right. Um, you're on tour right now with Mr. Dave Haas, mm-hmm. who is a huge fan. So, and and um, yeah, I discovered you right before this tour was announced. Uh, my buddies are in Arliss Nancy. I tour managed sometimes for them. They're on Black Numbers. And uh, they were like, dude, this North Coast record's fucking killer. You got to listen to it. And I finally listened to it. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, this is awesome. Tour got announced. I got excited because then I was like, I'm going to go meet this uh, red-bearded bearded gentleman. Oh, yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. So, um, speaking of beards, how often do you... We both have uh, red beards. You're actually a little bit more redhead than I am. But uh, I talk to more dudes about my beard than anyone else. Do you find uh, it the same? <laughs> well, actually, Beck... Uh, right out of uh, university or whatever, I was a big beard guy. And I had long hair, ponytail. And uh, my style was kind of like hockey shirts, camo shorts, <laughs> ponytail. And I used to have a big beard right down right down past the breasts, you know, past the buttons. Uh, but um, I've been keeping, it, keeping my act together pretty good recently. 
Cool. Keep it pretty short. <laughs> I <laughs> like it though. It's warm. It's nice. Yeah. It hides all of your uh, scary stories. Bad yeah, exactly. skin. Like I have a nice scar right here, and I've got a nice double chin. You know that it hides. Um, so I, as you know, because you've listened to a few, I'm, I love origin stories. I love to find out how people got into the shit that we're into. Um, excuse my language. Sorry, I'm bad place today. Um, but no. So, what is your first memory of discovering music? Uh, well, my hometown in Saskatchewan, Canada, is about a thousand people. There's a lake right there um, in the summer that about 500 more people show up from the other towns. And uh, we had, there was a couple guys in the high school who were into punk rock. I remember when I was, I started uh, when I was 12 or 13, started refing hockey games. Really? I was, I played hockey, but I I also refed it. I don't know why. I I wasn't very good at playing, I guess. (laughs) But I I remember going to a... um, like a clinic to teach you how to be a referee and a friend showed me uh, in utero and uh, so long thanks for all the shoes nice. and uh, that was one of my first ones because in that small town uh, you know basically my, I wasn't raised with the Rolling Stones or the Beatles or anything we went to a country church and uh, my parents had country music and you know classic AM radio you know kind yeah. of George Strait and uh, Reba McIntyre and all. I would listen to that radio all the time um, but uh, it was kind of, I remember that when I first heard like In Utero and some No Effects and stuff like that. <laughs> there was a few other ones, but uh, a good riddance, someone showed me yeah. one of theirs one time too. Um, that, that, that uh, it just shocked me. And I felt like uh, there wasn't anyone else who knew about it in that town, you know? Yeah, right. Like nobody really knew about that, this shit. There was no and, internet back then either. Yeah, so was, I mean there was. But well, it was there, there were yeah, they, they started uh, not Napster, but be, maybe before Napster or something. There was something going on, but that was. I'm 28, so there was something kind of going on, but we we never had that. But uh, You're 28, wow. Yeah. No offense, you look a little bit older. Oh, that's fine. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's those hockey playing years. Yeah, it's like you know throwing logs and. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, I read was church a big part of your life growing up when you were younger. Yeah, for sure. So that that was yeah. probably where you first like. Where, where did you learn how to sing? And probably at those at like Sunday mornings. Yeah, right. I, I imagine. I mean, we we uh, I grew up. It was we didn't have instruments like no piano, no drums. That just the person would go up there. Always a guy because women weren't allowed to talk at the hmm. thing. So the guy would go up and start the song, and you kind of followed the notes around. And, uh, it's pretty. Um, it's kind of like in Canada. It's kind of like a Mennonite thing, but it's a it's a southern you know it's a classic Baptist right. whatever the hell you. Um, so, but there was one cool like there was a sexy church in town that I would like go and play. They let me play drums. So I, I was uh, that was a big rebel moment in my nice. life. Was that before you discovered <laughs> in utero and all that stuff? I can't remember. I think that's all about the same time. Yeah. Cool. You know, I I mean I remember there was a band from Vancouver area called DBS. And they were a spazzy, noisy band. Now, it's not Death by Stereo. It's not no, that band. Yeah. It's it's a, a kind of more arty band. They were from Vancouver area, and they had a song. Well, they had a couple of really great records, but they had one song called Immovable Stones. And uh, that song, um, I always remember that song. That was a big... Because I had never heard anyone talk about religion, or I never met a gay person. I didn't know anything about it. Like... The, like uh, that song was about how you, you're so stuck in your ideals and you're hurting other people. 
Yeah. yeah I totally remember that one. And then there was a, a song by Good Riddance, too, about you know, a bunch of animal rights stuff. And yeah. I had never even thought being a vegetarian was an option or anything. So for me, I'm, you know, this is how it is for most people who like this stuff, is that it, it gave you something you didn't get somewhere else. You yeah. know what I mean? It gave it, And especially in my hometown, it was a huge thing for me. So I had, the, I had like, my Christian world and my... Yeah. Other world fighting until I was probably 21, when I um, I switched to this side. <laughs> nice. I was going to ask. So you're not a very religious person anymore, are you? No. Yeah. No. It doesn't. It, I, I'm not either myself. I, I don't know many people anymore that are actually. I mean, they're out there, but I don't know them. <laughs> I have a certain. I, I consider myself to be somewhat devout. I just don't know. Oh. You know, I don't know what what life holds in store or what it means to everyone, yeah. you know? But that this this experience of, of getting to meet people like you and being mm-hmm. around and stuff seems to fill that kind of thing that it seems to be doing something a bit better and different for me than what I had. But I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not sure what to say about it yet. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so you find in utero, no effects, thanks for all the shoes. How it, you started playing drums. How did how did discovering those records lead to becoming a musician? Like, when yeah. did you finally was drums your first instrument? Yeah, yeah. My my folks bought my brother a drum set, but he was a big uh, BMX and he he was a daredevil, and he was too busy ramping and stuff. And I kind of stole the drums. Yeah. And uh, it's funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, and I had I bought a guitar and played out in the in the Quonset, which is like a barn, an empty barn. And I used to play like shows in there. I had my amp on a oil drum, you know, and I had a mic. The mic and the guitar went into the same amp. It was 15 nice. watt Fender, and uh, I would just do shows. I, I mean, I made up songs about, you know, um, ICQ chatting with with girls, and, and I made up songs about stuff I totally didn't know about, like things like. Um, you know, like uh, just world trade and stuff. That I had no idea. Like, yeah. it still puzzles me. All like, I'm not a political singer, but I remember having all that. Like, I would, yeah, I would write songs about animal rights and world trade. And it's really embarrassing, but <laughs> I think that was, I don't know. It's really, it, I don't know what made me do that. I, I think I was mimicking the people that were inspiring yeah. me. And Propagandi's in town. Like, a, like I was telling you earlier, I saw him last night. Where they, they're a Canadian band. Were they a big influence on you growing up too? Yeah, because um, they're they're you know uber political yeah let's talk more rock yeah. this is the high school for me or maybe ninth grade or something like that we played the hell out of that one yeah. and then uh, their their uh, offshoot the weaker dance is yeah. probably oh. uh, you know their album left and leaving is probably the most plays of yeah. my iTunes life or whatever you know what I mean yeah. if you look at my it's, life it's, up there. Yeah. it's probably I can't think of another one that would be more just because we had so many road trips listening to those guys and, and um i got to i got to uh support john Kay. it was a huge thrill <coughs> yeah so so you've been writing songs from the get-go um those early songs are of course you know what you were just saying sorry i'm trying to get my bearings i don't know why i keep talking about these things but uh so when did you start playing out as a musician like when did that come about? Well, in ninth grade, I played at like a school assembly. Yeah. Because we had one teacher that that let us jam in the band room, and then the, somehow they let us play in the school assembly. <laughs> and uh, then. And that was like punk rock stuff. 
Yeah, I can't remember what it would have been. But I remember, I, I do remember playing in groups uh, in grade nine. I was playing with guys in grade twelve, and it was uh, we played um, f- uh, stuff from Color of the Shape, like we played Monkey nice. Ranch nice, and yeah. uh, uh, Dookie stuff from Dookie stuff like that. So and we played we, we played a school dance in Carryville, Saskatchewan, which is you know, these are I'm talking about towns that are like you drive by and there's nothing there, a gas station and like. An old high school, you know, and a cow is on the road, and it talks to you. Hey, where are you from? <laughs> but no, but um, that that first school dance, I remember. I don't know why a high school would book a grunge band with four songs to play the school dance, but they did. And did was, you guys just play those four songs over and over and over? Yeah. Well, they must. Have, someone must have taken over. I can't remember, but I remember I had a green drum set, and. I can't. I can't imagine me playing the drums now because I'm not. I'm about a one out of ten. But, but definitely that night I was a drummer. Believe it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was the turning point of? Uh, when did you decide that this was all you ever wanted to do? Did you want to do anything mm-hmm. else growing up? Uh, well, I kind of want. I don't know. I, I, I'm a bit of a sports guy, but that's, yeah. that's getting a bit old now. Yeah. So I'm kind of casual for that now. I I, I, I never caught the sports bug like it. Like I like I loved baseball, which I guess is, you know, so I don't I don't know. I I loved baseball growing up, and I still like it. I don't love it, but I never music grabbed me in a way that sports never could. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I was kind of fated to become a minister, mm. but and I I did a lot of that in high school. You know, where you like play like you play at church and mm-hmm. stuff, and um, but I think. Once I got out on the road, yeah. I think that's what really taught me so much. You know, because I was in a I was in a band before, and we were all when I was twenty to twenty four around that area. We all slept in the van. None of us drank. We saved their money, slept in the van, and we, I lived with my sister. And and um, you know, that going out and meeting people, I saw some Christian bands, and then I saw other bands, some really angry bands, some positive, you know, I mean, I just got to meet everyone, and I think that's really changed my life, was that experience. Yeah, what, what band was that you were in? It was called Means. Means? Did you guys, yeah. uh, like, it, I, it didn't really come across it in my research too much. Did you guys do anything with that band? Yeah, we had um, a couple records out in Canada and oh, the right. U.S. Yeah. yeah. I did, um, like math rock? Kind of stuff. No, more like our our heroes were like Shy Halud. Okay, there and, you go. And uh, we got to play with Misery Signals and another Winnipeg band, Comeback Kid. Yeah, I we love, just wanted love to Comeback be them so bad. And, and but um, where did I get Math Rock from then? I don't know. Maybe Matthew Rock. Yeah, maybe <laughs> <laughs> my nickname. So, so how did how did that translate into becoming a singer songwriter? Well, I, w- I would play in cafes and stuff throughout just my. You know, in those days, and it'd be like a tip jar or whatever, and you know, people from there'd be a few people there, and I had my little songs, and then um, uh, it was just something I was compelled to do after the band stopped touring. You know, I had songs that I recorded that became the first North Coast nice. uh, EP that that uh, it's called Borrowed Chords, Tired Eyes, and um, it's yeah, I think uh, that. It's it's strange how with hardcore music you got your twenty minutes and you just go hard and you're not trying to get on the radio or anything you're just trying to experience something you know and when you get up alone with a guitar it's it's kind of survival in a similar way you know what I mean because you're not relying on a jam like a, 
on an indie rock kind of a jam section of yeah. a song or a, or a real loud crescendo where you know the crowd might like it. You're just there, kind of tooth and nail. And I think I think that's uh, that's the rush that I get from it still. Nice. And that's kind of like uh, like you said a minute ago. You were going to be in religion like a minister. You're kind of a minister in some weird sort of way. Like this, this to me, like these music venues are my cathedrals. So for you, you're still up there doing something, you know. Yeah, well, I've, yeah, I think it can be like that, but it's so much more is it? communal. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. Like there is there is a pulpit, you know, but it's not. You know, I, I go to shows at home. Like everybody, you know. Um, but you're right. There's something to that. There's yeah. Something, yeah. And and so you're still up there. You're still performing because ministers, in a, in a certain sense, like I'm from Louisiana, you know, south south USA. So to me, like it's it's all vaudeville. It's all a big show, and you're still putting on a show. It's just different instruments. So the Bible, you're writing and creating your own songs. So I guess I that could be true. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Part of me wants that to be true. Part of me doesn't. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but there there's a, you know. Maybe, listening to a record at the right time with the right voice there on the other end it just it you know everyone who loves music has experienced that it feels like you you wrote it and you're living it and it's just it is therapeutic yeah. right yeah yeah it, it gives you something to latch on to um let's see where else are we going to go how do you, how do you make like one thing that strikes me especially with the new record it sounds so easy it's just so it's like just a, taking a drink of water. It just feels right listening to what you're doing. How do you make it sound so easy? Or is it just because you've been doing it so long? Uh, I think, well, I have, I have, uh, my timeline is kind of, I had an a, a EP. Yeah. And we just made a couple thousand in Canada, that's it. Yeah. I think it's online and stuff, but you can't get it anymore. We did our full, first full length. At that time in my life, I was feeling, I was kind of a sad time in my life, but not in a good way. I was kind of, I was really struggling. Mm-hmm with finding out what was going on. And uh, and when I listen back on that first record, you know, a lot of a lot of people really like it and I still play it sometimes and stuff, but I just hear a, a person who's really struggling and it's tough for me to listen to. With this record, I I wanted to do less self-doubt if possible cuz I'm the t- I'm like a bit of a shy. I mean, I'm a chubby kid. I'm like yeah, a shy. You and me both. Yeah, so but I mean, I'm not you know, it takes the courage to go off the diving board for me at times, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so with this record, I just was like, I want to get out of that place where I'm saying no to myself and being self-critical. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, whenever <clears throat> with this record, whenever, ah, oh, is this too corny? Is this too serious? Is this too, you know, does this sound like a soul song? Or I would try to just be like, no, let's let's go with it and try to make it as good as we can. So I definitely edited my stuff, but I also... I'm, I'm proud of this record because it seems, uh, uh, for a number of reasons. I don't know. I'm yeah. going to stop there. Yeah. Oh, come on. You can keep yeah. going. Why are you proud of this record? It's uh, great, though. I love it. Like, oh, it's thanks. really good. I just thank discovered it a few weeks ago, so I'm sorry I didn't discover it sooner. No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, uh, that easiness, there is a lightness to it, you know, which yeah. isn't true to your experience every single day of your life, right. obviously. But it's just when I got off that last record and everything was so heavy, I, I, I would get on stage and think, I really wish I had a song like When You Cry, which is the second song, or uh, um, you know, The Only One Who Knows My Name, or um, 
you know, hope the good things never die. This, these are the kind of songs that I wanted to go for, and they came along. So I'm not sure what the next step will be. It might be a step back to more, uh, more introverted, but, but um, uh, I'm glad you recognize that because that was definitely a thing for me on yeah. this one. It, it, I mean, it jumps out at me because like, that's something I look for, and I'm like, man, it's nice. It's easy. And, like, I, I, I know a lot of people that tonight, I mean, like, I love Dave Haas, but I can't even see you. You know, I mean, I'm not trying. I, I, I hear myself saying these things. I'm like, man, I'm kissing too much ass. But it's honest. It's true. But um, so you go from being in these uh, this hardcore band to playing singer-songwriter stuff. How was that transition for you? Was it easy? Was it easy? Because you, you were already playing in cafes. Was it easy to put all your eggs in this basket? No, because I had decided that yeah. I wanted to do it. Yeah. Uh, however, the landscape is a bit different in Canada, I feel. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about Canada. My, yeah. my apologies. Oh, for real? There's, there's bears. And oh, I know there's, a uh, there's uh, mastodons and, uh, you know, bron- bronchosauruses. <laughs> bron- brontosauruses? Sure, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just because mine on that one. <laughs> no, but, I mean, the, there's not... Um, uh, there's... It could be lonely up there. I mean, I, wor- I worked up playing so much there, but I haven't found a lot of comrades up there to come along with. Um, I forget where we're going with this, Damien. That's okay. But, yeah. like, uh, how, how did it feel be becoming a solo act? Oh, that's around? right. Something along those ways. Honestly. Yeah. Um, it, oh, this is what I meant to say. When I was in my group Means, I kind of thought that when I started Northcote, there would be people that would come along. But I found that a lot, a lot of people did, but a lot of people didn't. Because when I made that switch over, I almost got put into the, for lack of better, whatever, the grow, a grown-up world, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to do that yet. Yeah. And I'm still kind of getting there, but um, it was starting again. That's what it felt like. And so that was tough, because... Um, you know, I, I just thought that my old band, we were playing 300, 400, that, oh, I'll go out and do these. And, but that's just a testament to um, the, you, when you do any endeavor, whether music or you know, like become an electrician or a dancer or something, mm-hmm. you have to try and be great because that's what, uh, you know, that'll, you just want to be great because <laughs> at that point I was just treading water. I mean, I didn't know how to walk. I was like a baby deer, mm-hmm. you know. And this this experience with Dave too is is teaching me, has given me more experience too. Because yeah. this is my this is my first run through the U.S. and stuff, so it's like that growing thing still going on. Yeah, and, and and like, how do you feel like taking this little thing that you started and here you are, you've traveled the world with it. That's got to be pretty credible feeling to just have. Yeah, we got these songs to put out this EP, and the next thing you know, you're just touring the world with Dave Haas. Have you played the Revival Tour? No. Well, no. I, I, I played in Montreal or okay. Toronto. Yeah. Just one-offs, so, so, uh, but I haven't toured it. Yeah. But, yeah. but I saw a video, you did an interview with my buddy Barlow in the UK, and, uh, you know, you've toured UK, now you're in the States. Like, what's it like to have taken this thing yourself and just traveled the world with it? Like, I haven't done that yet, so I'm just... I can't, I can't imagine how great it must feel. You, what, um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, right? it's like I enjoy seeing the people at the shows. Like, uh, first of all, like last night in Salt Lake, when we pulled up, the place was 
it was a real shithole that day. Yeah. There was nothing much to it. It was just covered in dirt. And we walked in, <laughs> you know, we walked in like, oh, boy. And then, um, but there was, I knew, like, if, you know, people are going to be around, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. And the people came out. There wasn't a lot of us, but they were really gracious and they were funny and we had, you know, uh, that kind of experience is what, you know, and I'm just trying not to take it for granted because right. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving stuff at home to come out and pursue this each night. I'm trying to find out what I need to learn from it. Yeah. Um, what, what, what do you learn from touring with a guy like Dave? Well, Dave, uh, Dave's, uh, he's older than me and more yeah. experienced, you know, and he's, I've learned a lot about uh, putting, you know, having a, tying up loose ends on the road, gear-wise, planning-wise, and uh, I've never met someone who loves it more than Dave, you know, I really haven't, like, there's a lot of people who say, that, oh, yeah, I like touring, you know, yeah, but a lot of them are just, you know, they're kind of partying and whatever, whatever. but he has something, like, different that really drives him, um, and when it when he can't accomplish that, he gets mad, you know. And when it happens, he gets psyched. And you know, we, we when we rolled into uh, Glasgow, we were just driving in. <coughs> it was one of the first shows on this tour. It was in November, mm -hmm. and uh, we're kind of looking around the city. And he like looked over at me and like give me a high five. Like that's when we're pulling into the venue, you know. So it's uh, that's been encouraging because yeah. some because. There's not enough time to be nonchalant about this, you know. Right. You don't have enough. There's not enough years, you know. You don't have enough. There's no time to. Uh, I mean, you could be cool and enjoy it, but you, you want to do a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And then who knows? Who knows how long it's going to last? I mean. Yeah. I, I, I think you've got a good shelf life on you, but you know, I don't know. I'm still there. I go kiss an ass again. Um, what I think so. Like I mentioned it way earlier. Like I saw Chuck Reagan, Dave Haas, those guys covering your song. Yeah. on YouTube for that. So you got these guys who, like rock stars of some certain degree covering your stuff. Like, how does that, like, that, that, that's got to be pretty mind-blowing too. Um, that these guys, you know, look up to you and, you know, you're young, you're still getting started at this. Like, what's it like to have these guys that, I, I can only assume you look up to loving and covering your stuff. Yeah, well, these are people that I look up to. You know, uh, these are my heroes, uh, you know, like Chuck. and I saw Chuck in grade 10 at the Warp Tour, you know, with uh, AFI and Hot Water. And we drove eight hours to Calgary to see them. So I remember when a friend sent me that video, I was having dinner with some buddies. And, and I went out and, like, watched it, but I didn't tell anyone. I couldn't uh, tell anyone. As uh, I, was, I was really, really thrilled by that. But... but um, that's about all I can say. Yeah, really. I, I mean, like it's it's still like I I watched it twice today, and I'm just like, man, this is fucking great. So yeah. I, it it blows me away, and I didn't even know you then. Now I know you now, so it's going to take a bit. Sorry, I'm just rambling. Um, it just kind of reminded not to if not to like sell yourself short, mm -hmm. you know? Because when I wrote that song, I mean, it's not like I was a musician. I mean, mm -hmm. I was, but I was I wasn't touring and like trying to get paid by the promoter yeah. and trying to do an interview and all. You know. It kind of you know, don't if you have something that you like or whatever don't uh, don't sell it don't, like I said don't sell yourself short right. you know it makes me want to write more good songs like that. Right. Um, so 
the record just came out in the States, Black Numbers. You're on tour with Dave Haas. What's next for you? I mean, what else do you have going on? Do you have a new record in the works? Or what are the plans for you, Mr. Matt? Okay, well, yeah, we have a month left of this thing. Wow, a whole month. Man, this is a yeah. long tour. Yeah. What, what do you think of the States? This is your first time here. Oh, it's or, good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's you know, like anywhere, I think it's regional. Yeah. Like region, special things about every region, right? Uh, but yeah, I gotta take a few more spins around. Yeah. But um, you have family here in Denver, right? Yeah. Well, actually, I have an aunt who lives in uh, or an aunt. Is that American? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Both both work. <laughs> Depends on with with which part of the state you're in. Yeah. Well, my my mother is from Wyoming. Oh wow. So cool. she has family there that drove down here cool. for the show. They're from Gillette. Nice. Well, I apologize for taking your time away from them. No, no problem. Uh, but um. Uh, you're you're on tour right now with your wife too, right? She's with you. Yeah, well, she's out for the weekend. Oh, yeah. There's uh, off? yeah. There's ten ten weeks. So uh, we we were home um, where I'm where we're living now in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. We were home there for a day off about two weeks in, and then she's down here for this one to meet oh, my cool. aunt Stace nice. from from Wyoming. Nice. Uh, but yeah, she's got to go back in the morning. Oh, that's a bummer. Well, and you're standing here talking to my dumbass. Let me uh, finish this up. Um, so the record just came out. Oh, what's next for you? What do you got going on? Well, I'm going to do uh, Canadian festivals this summer. Cool. Uh, I'm working on another trip to, like, hopefully, hopefully another trip to Europe and maybe even the States before the end of the year. But uh, there's not a lot that I can say other than wrap up this tour and uh, and uh, I'm going to make another North Coast record, you know, probably for next year. Nice. Uh I like, I like to end with kind of an artsy-fartsy question, but what when you look back on this in 10 years, what are you going to remember most of this experience? Uh, oh, <laughs> prob- that's, that's a big, giant question. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Probably like the uh, the sound of the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, the quiet little applause or the big applause or whatever, just the way the, the feeling of that feel that rush of being on stage and also just sitting in the van and seeing the yeah. the mountains and then the desert and then and the kind of all that time sticks with you and uh, you get to know people you don't realize how well you get to know people mm-hmm. you know what I mean because you're just out playing shows and having yeah. fun uh, but then like I'm thinking about members of my old group and I think back of that I'm like wow I know them more than almost anybody you know, yeah. and then people who have come to my shows since I started North Coast, there's a lot of people who keep coming out across Canada, um, especially. It's like, wow, I know you guys a lot more than my friends I have now. Mm-hmm. So that that's really kind of a trip, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And Dave, Dave Haas is really good at getting into adventures. Have you guys got into uh, some harrowing adventures yourselves? Yeah, I can't think. I was think. I knew you would ask me about this one. You uh, got to though. Yeah, <laughs> you got to because that guy's got the best fucking stories. Yeah, he does. You know, and then one one thing when I interviewed him, he told me I was like, "How do you get in these adventures?" He's like, "Man, I just let it happen. Yeah. Just let things happen." I don't know what the exact wording, but that's kind of the idea. And me myself, I've tried to just let it happen, and it, it's been great. So, have you just let it happen? Jumping those those trips? Yeah. Well, you know, the I, I feel like the Europe run had a few more kind of nights of you know. Uh, Dancing on hotel beds and whatever, not and long, long talks. This tour is unique because it's ten weeks, and I'm trying to keep my shit together. Yeah. But uh, um, this, and this tour has been dominated by some bad weather and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, especially through Western Canada and stuff. So, no, there's no. I, you know, 
I was hoping to get, uh, you know, have a story for you about, you know, monkeys <laughs> riding bikes or something like that, but that has not happened yet. Yet. When it does yeah. happen, will you call me and be like, hey, this is the story that happened? No. Sure. Maybe it'll be tonight. Maybe we'll all do it together. Sure. Cause, get some bikes. There uh, you go. Because as I told you earlier, I'm, I've been super hungover today, so I've been drinking already. So it doesn't bode well for the end of the night. So maybe tonight. Oh, wait, your wife's here, so you and me won't get into adventures. But I don't know. We'll find something to get into sometime. You betcha. I'm sorry. I'm just out of my mind today. It's fine. All right. Anything yeah. else you want to throw down there? No. Let's end this bad boy. Well, it was yeah. a pleasure chatting with you, man. Thanks for calling me out here. Yeah, man. Whoa, buddies. All right. Thanks again, Mr. Matt Good, a.k.a. Northcote, for hanging out and chatting with my uh, obnoxiously hungover self. Um, man, thank you for bringing the goods, and thank you for taking uh, some valuable time away from your wife to sit and chat with a uh, schlub like myself. Um, and, buddies, if you're out there and you still have a chance to go out and catch Dave Haas and Northcote, Please make sure you get there early. Check him out. You will be blown away. You will not be disappointed. He puts on one hell of an incredible show. I expect big things from this guy in the future. Um, you will not be disappointed. Pick up his album. It's out right now. It's self-titled North Coat on Black Numbers Records in the U.S. Uh, we'll throw up some links online where you can figure out where to find it in the rest of the world. Um, thanks again, Matt. Pleasure as always. And uh, I, I recorded excerpts of the live show. I don't think they came out very good, so I'm not going to release them. I'm just going to – we're going to go ahead and end the show with another track from the self-titled album, which is also my favorite song off the self-titled album. And uh, But if you're at all interested, visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. Send me an email. I'll send you over the uh, MP3s that I did record um, eventually. And while you're over at MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com, why don't you check out some of the back catalog? we got some killer episodes with, like, Chuck Reagan, Frank Turner, Brendan Kelly from Lawrence Arms. Um God, there's just so many now that I can't even keep them straight. Lucero, Mast Intruder, mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. Maybe leave us a little iTunes review or send me a little bit of hate mail. I've been getting a little bit of that lately for uh, just being a dumbass, which is, uh, you know, what I like to be. If you could get paid at being a dumbass, I'd be uh, making the biggest paychecks. All right, buddy. So uh, we're going to go ahead and end this episode with another track off of uh, North Coast's self-titled album out now black numbers good buddies of ours this uh, track is called speak freely and buddies i think you're going to be i think you're going to love it as much as i do so all right buddies here we are speak freely off the self-titled album north coat out now black numbers records see you in the funny pages John still lives out in Calgary Staying at Brian's place Calls me to talk about Jesus Feels like a lost soul again It's good to sing against those black painted walls But everything still hurts in the morning I'm no saint but I might be a perfect fool Kneeling down at the marquee Speak freely, speak true They came to break me and they came for you Speak freely, speak true They came to break me and they came for you
I think this is how it's supposed to feel Like someone fell asleep at the wheel Taking little pills while the neighbors cut the lawn This town is more lonely than I thought I keep my nose down on a grind My neck somewhere out there on a dotted line Eric moved down to San Francisco I remember when he lived by the narrow Speak freely, speak true They came to break me and they came for you Speak freely, speak true They came to break me and they came for you Throws away all his talents Comes back with nothing left to show Sometimes I wish I had buried it beneath the birch tree Sometimes I wish I had an answer for you and me Speak freely, speak true They came to break me and they came for you Speak freely, speak true They came to break me and they came for you